You know, uh, I asked Sandra to read um, the, the portion of scripture tonight from the King James Version. Uh, but I want us to uh, just look at it, sorry, in the NIV Version, sorry, and I want us to look at it in the King James Version. And it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a, a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. No, the word tells us that Jesus, who has gone on before us into the heavens, is the, is the high priest over the household of faith. And he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle from heaven's vantage point, looking down at us in the midst of all our needs. You know, isn't it strange when you have somebody looking down at you or looking over your shoulder, should we say? Uh, but God is doing it for the right reason. He's not doing it for any other reason than looking after us. And he ministers in this heavenly tab tabernacle. And uh, so even though, you know, it, it says he's far off, you know, he's not that far off that he can't touch us in our times of need. So when Jesus was here upon the earth ministering to the multitudes day after day, do you think he didn't feel for those people, or what those people were going through. And the Bible tells us that he had great compassion for the sick and afflicted. He was touched with the feelings of their infirmities. And our Jesus is as real today as he, as he was back then, because he is touched by the feelings of our infirmities today. You know, he's still the same God. He doesn't change. So by faith, as the children of God, we still have access to him. You know, he's not a God of the past. He's a God of the present, the very, the very day that we are here. You know, and we can reach out to him. And he, will be, and he will be touched by what we're going through. And he knows exactly what we need. So just how is he touched with the feelings of our infirmities? Well, you know how it is when someone you love is sick. Aren't you touched by their feelings? You know, or aren't you touched when the baby is lying in the cot, crying in pain, even though it might be just a, uh, a belly ache or they might be teething? You still feel for them, don't you? What we have to know and understand as the, the children of God, that Jesus too is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Jesus came into this world taking upon himself the form of a man, a body of flesh, just like we are today. And yet he was tempted, it says, in all points, but he was without sin, but he was without sin. And this should make us realize that we can also withstand these temptations to this, of this life to sin, that is if we want it. We can't, resist it. we can't resist it like Jesus did, but he will help us 
in them times. Also in our everyday life, we should realize that we need his help in so many things. You know, many times we find ourselves in the place where we need to be, need to touch Jesus and be touched by him also. You know, there's times when you'll have heard people saying, doesn't anybody know what I'm going through? You know, we mightn't, as a person, we might know what anybody else is going through, but I know one that is. I know one that is. And if we're reaching out to Jesus in faith, he can be touched with the feelings of what we are going through. You know, let's know that, let's believe it. And let's look, because when we're in trouble, he is always there. He is always there. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So here we are given instructions to come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, there's, there's no trepidation. You know, there's no, we shouldn't have any fear about doing that either. So we not only have the privilege of coming to the throne of grace, but are told to do so, but not doing it sheepishly, but doing it boldly, knowing that there is help from that throne of grace. You know, the Lord wants you to come to him. He wants to help. He wants to give us what we need. And sometimes what we need is a great measure of his grace. There's a great measure of his grace. Sometimes that's all that's needed. The abundance of grace poured into our lives to help us in our time of need. So is the throne of grace a separate throne tonight? Is it the one that we kind of touch? No, it's, it's, it's the same throne. It's the same throne that Jesus went to. You know, it's, it's the very throne that the throne of God that we can obtain grace and mercy from God. And it's because grace isn't something that we can generate ourselves. And it's also nothing, sorry, it's also not something that the church can generate either and give out to those in need of help. It's only of God. It's only something that God can give. And God gives what it takes to go through difficult times, times of trouble, times of sickness, times of need. And he gives what it takes for us to bear such things. So when we come to the throne of grace boldly, we may obtain both of these, the mercy and the grace of God. So do we, so do we need the mercy today? Because if we didn't, God wouldn't be telling us in his word that we can go to the throne of grace. We may be asking at times, how long do I have to go through this? How long do I, do I have to bear this? There has to be an end in sight. When we have sicknesses and when we have things happening around us, those are the thoughts that's going on in our minds. And how, long can, how long can I withstand this? If you're with Jesus, he will give you the grace and mercy to do that. You know, can you remember the woman with the flow of blood? She had that problem for 12 years. She, she had seen all sorts of doctors, spent all her money in trying to make herself well, but was gradually getting worse. 
Then she heard about Jesus. Then she realized that someone could help her. And as bad as she was, she made the effort to go up and see Jesus. It wasn't the throne of grace, but she knew, she knew there was something special about this man. If only I could touch the garment of his, the hem of his garment. So she, she, she made that effort. And sometimes we have to make the effort as well. You know, we don't have to sit back and just wait for it to come. We have to make that effort. So she pushed through the crowds and she touched Jesus and it says she was healed. She was healed. She made the effort through her faith to get to Jesus. And we have to, we have, to have the same faith tonight that's, so that we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy from God and grace to help in our times of trouble. But what will the grace do for us as well? We're not told exactly what it will do, but we are told we will find it when we need it in times of trouble. And grace also gives us the awareness and courage to see where our help comes from as well. Grace also lets us know that we can count on the Lord to help us in times of trouble when we are facing our infirmities, whether infirmities of sickness, disease, or some other weakness that we may have in our lives. He will give us the grace that helps to conquer, helps to overcome, and helps to put our infirmities away. There are lots of areas where we need God's help in, in this world today. And here he tells us where to come, that, to find that help. Find the grace that we need to see us through. In Hebrews 5, it talks about Jesus as being the great high priest also. It says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men to things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is, in, is compassed with infirmity. And by reason here he ought, he ought, as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. You know, and this speaks of the office, office of the Jewish high priest. Aaron was the first high priest, and this tells us what they were ordained for. They were ordained to help men in their relationship with God. The people needed someone who could mediate for them, someone who could minister to God for them. I'm so glad that we don't have that circumstance now where we have to have someone to mediate for us. We all, we all have the, the acceptance from God through Jesus Christ who is mediating for us. You know, we're going direct to the source. We, we aren't going in between. And it says in Hebrews 5, 4 to 6, and, and no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron did. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, you are my son, today I become your father. And he says another, in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. You know, we don't know much about Melchizedek, but we are told some things about who he was. And one thing we are told that he was ordained to be a priest continually, continually. 
And it says in Genesis 14, verse 18, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, was the priest of the Most High God. So before Jesus, the, the, the mediator was always there. But now we have Jesus mediating for us, sitting at the right hand of God, asking God to, to bless us and give us grace and mercy. In Hebrews 5, 79, it tells us, who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, he learned his obedience by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Think of the relationship that God placed Jesus in as his only begotten son and what he had called him to do. No other could have done it. It was only God's son. We can clearly re realize that there are things about him and his suffering that are seen here offering up prayers and supplication on our behalf. Our Jesus is our mediator tonight. No one else can, can do what he does. You know, the, there's times when we fear about the things that we are going through. We need to cry out. We need to be talking to Jesus. We need to be getting down on our knees and praying to him. You know, that maybe I have cancer. Maybe I have this. Maybe I have that. These things could trouble us greatly and make us afraid of what is happening in our lives. As Christians, we should never fear and have nothing to fear about death. That is if we are right with God. You know, Brother John, uh, last Tuesday night, um, when, he, when he was poorly, um, when I first went into the bedroom, I thought he had gone. And uh, he said he had been praying for the Lord to take him. You know, and when you think of that, no fear of death. No fear of death. You know, and if we're living for the Lord, we're not going to die. We're just moving on. We're just moving on. We're going to our heavenly home to be with the Lord forever. And John said that. That he, he, he wanted to go to his heavenly home. He wanted to be with God. You know, I think he was thinking of Jenny as well at the time. But you know what I, what I mean that. You know, that part of us, which is going to the grave, this fleshy body here will go back to dust. But that part of us, which is alive in Christ, our souls, will never die. So why be fearful? Why be fearful tonight? Though Jesus was the only Son of God, yet he learned obedience. You know, so we're learning obedience in our walk with God today, tonight. Our Jesus learned obedience by the things he suffered. You know, so he's a great example for us to follow, isn't he? Just think of what was said before Jesus to suffer the bitter cup, which he had to drink at the time he was about to be crucified. He knew what was going on in his life. The sufferings that lay ahead of him. He had learned obedience from being a child. He knew exactly what his calling was. He came to save the world. You know, he began to learn obedience as he grew up. If only people would learn that type of obedience, 
were being the Lord from deep in their hearts. But some, the lessons are hard to be learned. There are some things we go through where, should we say, there's no escape. We can't turn to the left or we can't turn to the right. There is only one way, and that is through it. And it, at times when we are poorly or when anything is, is holding us back, we need to learn. We need to have that experience of Jesus. We must be willing to endure. It says in 2 Timothy 2-3, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So we have to be brave in situations because Jesus will help us through in everything. So we're called to obey the Lord tonight from deep within our hearts. Hebrews 5 verse 9 says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So how did we come into this world? We surely didn't come in perfect. And dare I say, we might still not be perfect. But Jesus Christ was perfect. So what's it going to be, going, what is it going to require for us tonight to be made perfect? It is to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. So we are told all the things which are written in the word of God for our learning. Hebrews 5 verse 11 says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. The King James Version puts it quite sharp to the point. It says, of whom we may have many things to say and hard, hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. A lot of times, many don't consider that this is their problem. They're dull of hearing. They don't want to hear. That's the problem. Yes, we have seen how some react when we speak to God. And, you know, when we used to do the open airs, we've we seen quite a few, a, a bit of people who didn't want to hear, who didn't want to listen to us. You know, I don't want to hear about that anymore. I'm tired of hearing it, they say. But never, for us, never to be tired of hearing what God has to say to us. You know, and this is the state that some people live in, isn't it, in today's. And they wonder about the struggle that they're having. But there's a reason for their struggles. You know, it's, it's because they're dull of hearing. I believe if we do what God says to do, we will accomplish what he tells us we can. We need to hear what God has to say today. And yes, we want to be and should be serious about hearing what God says, but maybe a lot of what he has to say just passes through our ears sometimes. Yes, we hear the word, and sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other. We don't seem to take it in, do we? And sometimes we, can, we can't seem to find ourselves in a place with God where we ought to be. And the reason may be that we're in a state of being dull of hearing like other people, like the people in Hebrews. Also, how far are we away before being in the place of speaking to others about God, teaching others about what we have learned, sharing the things of God? We have learned the way of God and 
paying mind to what he has said, and now we've come to the place where we should we say we are able to teach others that of their need of God. There are many who find themselves in that state of still needing to be taught because they have been dull of hearing. They need someone to teach them again the first principles of God's word starting all over again. In chapter 5 verse 14 if he it tells us that we should also discern both good and evil. <coughs> in other words to distinguish between good and bad in this in this world today. We shouldn't have a trial every time a sermon is preached and I've said this before when I first came to know the Lord I used when Carol and the girls uh, came long before me and I come in after that um, every time somebody stood at this platform well this platform I should say um, every time the word was ministered it was it was personal to me it was as though somebody was attacking me but you know the problem was it was God's word for me it wasn't against me it was for my learning and that was the that was the problem I couldn't understand at the time I was young Christian and I still needed to be taught the Word of God and you know there are times people there are people now who still think that they think every time somebody is speaking God's Word that it is it is against them they've got they've got to realize it is for their benefits you know, and we should be in, in a state where we need where we need to listen to the word, knowing that it's it's not the preacher's word, but it's God's word. And we ought to take it to heart doing what God says tells us to do tonight. We should be in a place where we where we are not reacting negatively <coughs> to what God has to say from his word. We should expect to find places where God deals with us and if you need it you should want to have it too mm. you know some things that are spoken here in Hebrews are things that we need what we need to know and uh, what we need to take in you know those things we need to learn in, in discerning or distinguishing between good and evil you know, we've got to come to the place where we know what, what we can do and what we can't do. Where we know what's okay with the Lord and what's not okay. You know, Raymond used, you know, Raymond used to often say to me, if you're going anywhere, you know, because at the time when I was at AMEC, I used to go out with uh, different people, you know, with meetings and things like that. He used to, he used to, Raymond used to say to us, just think, would you take Jesus with you? Would you take Jesus in that same place with you? You know, and that 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 used, that did put me in a correct position. You know, because the lad used to go out drinking most nights, and I, you know, no, no, and that was the greatest part. You know, so we had to put, you know, where we put our Lord. Do we do we, or can we take him with us in certain places? or not do we are we doing right or are we doing wrong we have to know 
where's bad and where it is good. Where we can discern from God's word, we will know when something is good and we won't hesitate or wonder, can we take Jesus with us? But sometimes even parents can be a hindrance to their children, sorry, by the things which they allow because they have failed to discern between good or evil. Or they leave it up to their children to make their own decisions for themselves. Today what we should be doing, we should be guiding, we should be their light in today's world because it's a dark world out there and we should be that light for the children. You know, it's not a game of choice and we can't afford to take this lightly where we fail to judge between good and evil and then we wonder why we have troubles in our lives. You know, we, we need to listen to those who have matured enough in the Word of God, who have been a great example to each and every one of us. You know, they've set that example of that godly person towards us who've shown us how to live and walk according to the Word of God. You know, they've walked what, what is called the straight and narrow way. But it's been broadened by so many, hasn't it? No longer the narrow way, they have failed to discern that there's a straight gate and a narrow way today. And then many find troubles on that wide road, don't they? On the, on the way they're living, on the way that the world is going. You know, and in the end, they begin to wonder. They, you know, they have to go back to the beginning and start again, search out where they go wrong. You know, I think a lot of things happen because they were dull of hearing. They feel it's discern that they needed some strong messages from God, from God's word, which they sometimes put to one side. Too many times they thought the message ought to be softened or where it's easier for them to follow. Yes, they like the worldly things, they like the, the wide path, but when it becomes that narrow path, some of them don't really like it, do they? You know, in, in, the, in <coughs> Hebrews 5, verse 14, it says, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to, to, to discern both good and evil. So do we have our senses exercised today? Do we understand what is good and evil? You know, because God gives us the choices. You know, he, he, he tells us, he learns us, he teaches us, but we have the choice, and that's the problem in today's society. But why should anyone cho choose good? over evil. I'm uh, sorry, why should anybody choose evil over good? You know, there's no need for us to feel as though we, we have failed in the grace of God because his grace is sufficient to take us to heaven. But the Bible warns us of those who fail in his grace. It's so important for us then to exercise our senses to distinguish between the good and evil by using God's word today. We, we need to seek, we need to walk in righteousness before God, walking in his light 
so that we can display the goodness of the Lord. Also, God's word has got to have root and be lodged into our heart as well. You know, this is more serious than we realize in today's society. The word of God has changed, changed us for the good. It has molded us, making, making us cruel. It is tempered with God's love and grace. But nevertheless, it requires a lot out of people. But you only get out of it what you put in. Another favourite saying of Raymond Flounders. You only put, you only get out of it what you put in. So where do we stand tonight? Are we on the milk? Are we still babies in, in arms? Or, or are we on the strong meat? Or are we on the right road? Can we discern good, good from evil? Are we building our lives on the word of God? On the solid rock of Jesus tonight? You know, this message uh, may have the, the strong meat in it, but we need to take it to heart. We need, it, need to put it to use and begin to discern between good and evil. How do you go about that, you might ask? You know, if there's an issue that needs to be dealt with, as to whether it's right or wrong, stop. Read the word. Read the word and see what the consequences will be. And the answer will also be there. It'll not just tell you that you're wrong, it'll not just tell you how to, do, how to get out of it. It gives you every reason. You know, because the farther you go in this walk with the Lord, you know, you never, learn, you never learn everything. You know, and the Bible is not just a, a simple book because it's simple enough that a child can pick it up and get something from it. But even at, a great, at, a, at an age, we can also do it. Yet it's strong enough that men and women have, having a hard time in life can bear it. And they can take, in, take out of God's word what they need. You know, the, this brings us to a place and time when we should be, should we say, teachers to the, to the younger ones. Every dad and mom ought to be a teacher, and that's what we get from the Word of God, don't we? That we might become teachers of good things towards our children. We're going to have to teach good things whether you're prepared or you're not prepared. Your children aren't going to stay the same age forever. You know, birthdays come around pretty fast. And the pictures you took of your child last year, you know, it's amazing how much smaller they are, and yet how quick they grow up. And there's a lot they don't know yet. And the more we can teach them and show them by example, the wiser they will be and a better chance in, in starting out in their life it will be with the Lord. This is because God has laid a foundation for our hearts and we have to lay the foundation for the children's hearts as well. So when does the time come when we ought to be, ought to be teachers? The time when you should be using the word in your daily life. We should be giving the child every chance and every, every opportunity to learn. We, ought, we ourselves ought to be learning as we go as well. We ought to be listening to the word. We ought to be reading the word. We ought, ought to be 
doing what the word tells us as well. You know, this is part of the process of learning, isn't it? That, that in turn, we can talk to each other. We can talk to brothers and sisters about right and wrong. We can talk to the people in the streets, our neighbours, people we work with, that they're not in the right place and they need help just to learn what God can do for them. So just to finish, so do we need help tonight? Remember what we started out with, Jesus is very near. We can reach out and we can touch him tonight. No matter what we are going through, we have to learn through the word of God that he has grace and mercy in abundance for all of us. Doesn't matter how old we are or how, how young we are as well. He has grace in abundance. We also have to teach the rights and wrongs to our children as they grow up in order that they continue to grow in God as well. As I said before, there are lots of areas in our lives where we need God's help. And it's his word, if it, and in his word it tells us where we can find the answers. You know, there's a, there's a lot to teach the children today, you know, in this world full of darkness. You know, they need all the help they can get. And we do also, whether young or whether old. Amen.